This is WCNY's The Capitol Press Room, and we're joined in the studio by the outgoing Capitol architect, Bevan Collins, the first woman to hold the post and who was responsible for overseeing the recent installation of a carving of Ruth Bader Ginsburg into a prominent staircase here at the Capitol. Thanks for joining us in the studio, Bevan. Oh, thank you so much for having me. So tell us about your career trajectory to becoming the Capitol architect. Was this something that you envisioned as a young girl growing up, or is this the kind of thing that you stumble into as your career progresses? Yeah, yeah. So I grew up in a family where there was a lot of folks involved in the building trade. Okay. Um, so I've been around it, you know, my whole life. My dad was a union steam fitter. So, you know, he taught me and my sister how to weld when we were 10 years old. You know, so it's like I've been around building and construction for a long time. And so it, it kind of felt like a, a natural progression, you know, to get into the field of architecture. And when did you become the capital architect and what happened leading up to that to, I guess, prepare you for that moment? So I'm a licensed and registered architect here in New York State, and I've been with um, OGS for 15 years in the Capital Architect for seven, uh, the last seven years. And, you know, I was able to kind of follow and shadow the current Capital Architect then for a few months before taking over. Um, and, you know, if I've had a lot of help. You know, it's not just me here in the Capitol, here at the Office of General Services. We have a whole team that works on the Capitol building. You know, we have maintenance folks, the building managers. We have a Capitol Restoration Coordinator. So kind of together, we, we all, all work on the projects here. And here, the Capitol is part of a larger plaza. So is your purview the entire Empire State Plaza or is the Capitol enough for one architect? <laughs> you know, the, it's mostly been the Capitol, but I also do some work at the Executive Mansion okay. and then also the Empire State Plaza as well, some of those those buildings. So what are the challenges of serving as an architect for a building that is a national historic landmark? Does it present certain restraints in terms of what you're able to do? It does. It does. You know, so that's one of the big challenges that we have here. So we have to balance preserving those 19th century character defining features of the building mm -hmm. and then also making sure, you know, it's a safe, comfortable, modern office building because a lot of people come here every day to work. And, you know, in the 19th century, there wasn't air conditioning, Wi-Fi, cell service. You know, those things were not part of the building. So we've had to integrate those into our projects and still be respectful of the 19th century building. And that's tricky, you know. It can be it can be really it can be really hard. Like sprinkler heads are a good example. Like how do you integrate sprinkler heads into ornate plaster work? You know, there's ways to make sure you're specifying the right ones and make sure they blend in. So when a person's in the space, they see the ceiling and they don't just see the sprinkler heads. You know, so it's a it's a real balancing act. Well, how do you go about striking that balance? For example, is there guide rails that you can follow? Is there some sort of entity that can say, yes, this is good, no, this is bad? Or do you have to essentially police yourself? Yeah, so the so the main guides are the secretary and the interior standards okay. that, are, that are published. And that's really what um, folks look to in preservation. And they're, it's, it, you know, they're wonderful. They're a wonderful set of, of guide rails for exactly that. And they tell you how to deal with different instances, whether it be, you know, a true restoration project or an adaptive re use project. You know, they give you a great framework. 
So I live in Saratoga Springs, and in our downtown area, if someone wants to do anything with a building, there are official channels, whether it's the Saratoga Preservation Foundation or just the unofficial local experts who all want to weigh in on what development should look like and how to preserve certain buildings. So is it the same thing with the Capitol? Do you hear from outside people who have a a real interest in how this building looks, or, or do you feel like you make decisions kind of in a vacuum? We make a lot of those decisions ourselves here within OGS, but we have a team. You know, we like I said, we have a capital restoration coordinator, which I think is probably really one of the key roles in terms of preservation. And she helps us by reviewing all of our projects and keeping in mind those those standards I just mentioned, but then also the state historic preservation law, section, section 1409. Good section. Yeah. <laughs> and um, she she really does a lot of those those reviews. So former assembly member Jack McEnany, who's the de facto Albany historian, is not constantly like calling you up being like, what are you doing, Bevan? You're killing me with this designer. Or great job, Bevan. He, he doesn't bother you? I haven't heard. I haven't heard too much. Okay. <laughs> well, well, thinking about like influence uh, on this process, uh, Governor Kathy Hochul's predecessor, Andrew Cuomo, at least publicly seemed to have a real reverence for this building, possibly from you know growing up here when his dad was the governor. So how did his interest and outlook steer your work, if at all? Did you ever hear from Governor Cuomo? Because he also has that reputation of being this like micromanager. So I wonder mm-hmm. if that was something that you experienced as the capital architect under his leadership. Yeah. So, you know, there was a lot of really big restoration projects that were done under yeah. his leadership. The skylights and lay lights, um, the restoration of the assembly stair. And so there was a tremendous amount of work that was done during that time. And it was really, it was really intense. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of pressure, a lot of eyes on the projects, and you know we really were really double and triple checking everything that we were doing. So a continuation of the Cuomo era is a project that was recently completed, which is the Ruth Bader Ginsburg carving in a staircase at, at the state capitol. How did that project begin? I think it was back in 2020, the year the Supreme Court justice passed. So, so what was it that got that launched, and, and how did we get to that point now when it was finally revealed this summer. Yeah, yeah. So that was a, you know, that was a fascinating project to work on. It was it was really interesting. And it started right after Justice Ginsburg had passed away. And, you know, there was really lots of stopping and starting. You know, we had a lot of challenges, COVID. And, you know, we ordered the stone for the project from Scotland right around the time of Brexit. So okay. there was lots of, like, <laughs> tricky stuff, um, you know, and then kind of stops and starts. And it took a little while, but we, we re-engaged with the Ginsburg family and, you know, got them on board and they really helped to steer the design. They selected the collar that she is wearing, the South African collar, which was the justice's favorite. They selected her eyeglasses and we really did a lot of back and forth with the artist to make it work. And, you know, I was very happy that we were able to get the Ginsburg family um, on board and just really happy with the way Justice Ginsburg looks. Well, do you think this experience with this carving, the first in a long time, can serve as a precedent or or an example of how additional carvings might be added to the building? I do. I think it was really respectful. Mm -hmm. I think it was really respectful to the justice and then also to the Great Western Stair and the building and the other carvings that are in place. You know, we, we stuck with a similar style and scale. You know, it's not out of proportion with the other carvings that are there. And I think it was really, I think it was really nice. Do you assume that if someone was to just wander around that area, they would assume that 
Ginsburg was carved at the same time as Frederick <laughs> Douglass. I mean, obviously, someone knows history. They probably will assume they, there might have been some time gap. But in terms of aesthetics, do you feel like it's probably going to blend in seamlessly? I do. I do. I think it will. I think it's a great example of how historic buildings need to adapt over, over the years. And as the Capitol architect, how much of your work deals with the exterior of the building? A decent amount, especially recently. You know, we've we've had a lot of really great big projects in interior ones, and and right now we have um, some on the Capitol grounds, mm-hmm. and then also we have the Eastern Approach project in design, which is you know the Eastern Approach is the large monumental stair on the eastern side of the building, mm-hmm. and that has been in terrible shape really since it was finished in the 1880s. It has always lacked a waterproofing layer, so it began leaking almost immediately, and all of the leaking and the freezing and the thawing has caused a lot of movement in all of the stonework. And so we're, you know, we're really excited under, um, you know, Governor Hochul's leadership to have that project being moving forward in design. Considering the scope of something like that, what is the time frame for eventually letting people to run up and down those staircases again, letting people have wedding photos uh, on there, letting people, you know, escape from a potential fire uh, in safety? (laughs) Yeah, it's a really it's a really important public space. Um, You know, I've looked through historic photos and it's amazing all the gatherings that were held on those stairs over the years. And we're thinking design is going to be wrapped up in another year or so, and construction is probably going to take about two years. Um, You know, it's a really big undertaking. Essentially, you know, there's a lot of underground stormwater work in that park that needs to get done. And then essentially, we're going to be taking that stair apart, uh, stone by stone, and rebuilding it. As you think about this building, are there elements of it as opposed to the staircase, which has prevented troubles from day one, where you kind of are just in awe of the initial design and construction? Are there things about the building as you walk around it when you're just like, wow, they did a great job putting this together? Or are there a lot of headaches uh, like the staircase? Oh, you know, there are wonderful spaces <laughs> in this building. The chambers, you know, both the Senate and the assembly chamber, every time I step in those spaces, I, I can't believe just the scale, mm-hmm. the level of detail. You know, just the other day I was walking, there's this corridor on the fourth floor here, and it's between the central courtyard and the Senate chamber. And you can look out the courtyard windows into the courtyard and see the roof. And I was looking up there, and I was looking at the back of a chimney, and it was ornately carved. And it kind of dawned on me, you know, that these carvers were back there carving the back of a chimney on the fifth floor roof level. You know, it's this level of ornamentation that I'm still in awe of, even though, you know, you see it everywhere throughout the building. And in the interior, it makes a lot of sense. You know, of course, the chamber is going to be this very decorative space. But to have that degree of detail on something like that, that, you know, did they, who's going to see that? <laughs> you know, there's things like that that I still see day to day. And, and I love it. This building's wonderful. Is that a lost art, this idea that we're paying attention to things that people may not even see? There's the idea of a cost benefit for something like that. Is that still something that gets thought about today? I don't know. Probably not like it was then. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a different, a different pace. You know, the Great Western Stair was carved over the course of 10 years. Yeah. And when we say carved, I'm assuming literally like carved by hand? Literally carved by hand in place. So you mentioned the central courtyard located in the middle of the building. It's my understanding this was once intended to be the spot of a large 
cower? One, is that correct? <laughs> and two, if you had the resources, would you like to put a tower there? Or are you, you know, fond of the just gap in the building that's grown up? Yeah, so the tower actually, there was going to be a tower mm-hmm. on the Capitol. It was not going to be above the courtyard. Okay. The courtyard was always meant to be an open space like gotcha. that. So courtyards were put in buildings in the 19th century for natural light and ventilation, you okay. know, because they didn't have the mechanical systems that we have now. And so the tower space was more above what you would call the governor's reception room or the war room. And I, you know, I don't know if we need a tower. <laughs> well, if people are interested in learning about the history of that, they can visit the Capitol because there's an exhibit about the tower that apparently I did not hit yes. up before this interview, as my ignorance is clearly showing. Yes. But you're, you're, you're happy without a tower at this point. Yes, yes. And, and yeah, we, we do have a new exhibit on that. You know, the, uh, the team at OGS also includes a curatorial and visitor services, and they have great new exhibits that are changing. And, you know, in the tours, I've, I've got to say the tours are wonderful of this building and free and, and, you know, open to the public. So finally, as I mentioned at the top, you are the outgoing capital architect. What are you going to miss most about this job? I'm going to miss the building quite a bit. Um, you know, it's, it's a, been a beautiful space to work in and really a privilege to be here every day. Well, before we let you go, we'll probably have you check out the structural integrity of the press room just to make sure that we feel safe. But uh, until then, (laughs) appreciate that. Well, we've been speaking with Bevan Collins. She is the outgoing capital architect. Bevan, thank you so much for making the time. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. It was really fun. Support for the Capitol Press Room provided by the New York State AFL-CIO, a federation of 3,000 unions fighting for working people by keeping New York State union strong. Visit unionstrongny.org for more information. Join us again for Capitol Press Room, a production of WCNY Connected, Syracuse.